0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first Bowl Game Spectacular. We're doing part one of three this year. This is the Take the Points College Football Podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here via Zoom with Dan and Ryan, who are out in Arizona. And we're going to get into all the bowl games through December 28th for this part one. But before we do that, I'm going to toss it to my co-host, Dan Partridge. It's been a couple weeks. Welcome back. And, uh, I think we should start this episode by you just going through and explaining what to look for and how you think about betting or picking bowl games, because there is a different strategy than we have during the regular season. So Dan, how do we want to approach this?
1: Thanks, Tom. Um, three key things looking at a bowl games, one team motivation, uh, teams that lose their conference championship game often come out flat, uh, teams who, haven't made a bowl game maybe in a couple of years or seem to be more like um, upbeat, and motivated to um, obviously more than ever. Now, opt outs. You really got to pay attention to who is playing and who's not, who declared for the draft, who transferred and isn't playing, who transferred, who is playing. And the third thing is coaches. Uh, some coaches seem to care a lot about bowl games. Some don't care at all. Some have changed their mind over the years, like Mike Leach, oddly. Um, So it's a weird combination of things. It's not just your normal average college football uh, weekend where every game matters. This year is going to be really weird. Um, Be careful wagering on games too early in advance. If you think you have a hunch on players opting out, feel free to uh, go ahead. Like, for instance, I I, I had a good thought that um, pick quarterback Kenny Pickett wasn't going to play. So I really wanted to bet Michigan State, but I held off. I should have because now Pitt's backup quarterback's playing. But, um, you know, it's going to be a wild ride. So pay attention to the games a few hours before kick. see who's playing, who's not, who's sitting out, and uh, have some fun with it. It's going to be a wild season.
0: All right, Ryan, before we start, we're recording this on Friday night, the 17th. So we're a little bit late. We've already missed one bowl game, and we're uh, one is going on as we speak. So... Before we start, you want to give us a quick update on what's happened already that we won't be picking?
2: Well, it's funny you should say that, Tom, because as you introduced that, Coastal Carolina just scored live to take the lead. <clears throat> they are now up. Uh, they just scored a 40-yarder followed by a 34-yarder. So they wow, are now, uh, they're now up four. So I'm assuming they're going to go for two yet again to go try to go up six. I'm assuming that's what they're going to do. So it's a good game. Crazy, uh, crazy overback going here. So it's 45-41. Here comes the two-point conversion. It's great.
0: And they scored while we were warming up the soundboard and doing some sound checks, which had to be no more than 10 minutes ago, real time, not game time
2: and there is the two so now they are up 47-41 still 6:40 left in the in the game so ton of time in college football this is great i right, can't
1: we'll- wait to lose my um, my fucking northern illinois plus 12 and a half here this is going to be so sick up by five in the fourth quarter with 8 minutes to go and won't be able to cover the 12 and a half it's going to be good i
0: will right, we'll get some live updates from Ryan and some live reactions from Dan throughout the pod, but uh, let's start off with the games that are still yet to be played. Dan, where are we going to kick it off?
1: All right, here we go. Right off the bat, uh, a take the points favorite this year: Western Kentucky taking on App State in the Roofclaim.com Boca Rotone Bowl. I think it's very important to say the full name of each bowl this year. Uh, App State minus two and a half. Total 66 and a half. All right, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, Western Kentucky's quarterback, uh, Zappy has thrown for 5,600 yards and 56 touchdowns this year. Uh, their defense is awful and can't stop anybody. App State scored, uh, I think they're averaging 36 points a game on the year. Real simple. Just go ahead and take the over. Uh, don't Don't play around with the side. Who the hell knows? what's going to happen. But, um, if you wager an under, then you're wagering on Western Kentucky getting stops or Western Kentucky's air raid offense, not producing, neither look likely. So go ahead and take the over and have some fun. Ryan, any thoughts on this one?
0: Wait, wait, hang on, Dan. I can't let you off that easy because while we are first and foremost, a betting show, everyone does have to make picks for our bowl pool. So I want your pick, even if you have low confidence.
1: Fine. I'll take Appalachian State. Um, what I saw out of the Western Kentucky defense last week against UTSA left a lot to be desired, to be, to say the least. Um, and it, it's just terrible to put money on a team with no defense. Like you're watching their team hand off the ball for nine yards a clip. It's it, it just makes you insane. So beware of the overpowering offense with the terrible defense. Uh, I like App State in this game.
2: Yes, uh, I agree. App State—they're the better team. They um, all year—they've been really good, just solid, consistent. Ten and three, really good team. Eleven wins is an unbelievable season. Um, pretty confident in them, and uh, the over, like Dan said, is is the bigger play in this game. Just be a little bit aware—it is Florida, so. Rain is most likely. Uh, I just checked the forecast for Boca tomorrow afternoon, about 40% chance of rain. So 80 degrees, 80% humidity, <clears throat> pretty, pretty warm, humid floor today.
1: Tom C. All
0: right. So I am trying to keep it simple this year. You mentioned it in the intro, Dan, but you know, coaching changes, opt outs, motivation, transfer portal, all that stuff is the most important thing. And I decided this year I'm going to pick every game based on that. Even if it seems at odds with what we've seen on the field all year long, and there are a few of these picks that are going to make me uncomfortable, but I'm going with it the whole time. So, uh, these teams are mostly at full strength. Uh, app state is missing a receiver. Um, Western Kentucky is losing, uh, Well, actually, they're losing their offensive coordinator, but he is going to stick around and uh, coach during the bowl game, we think. And um, both teams are basically at full strength with App State missing one guy. And so there's no advantage there. I go to motivation. Bailey Zappi is the most motivated player in this game, trying to make an absolute statement. And uh, even though Appalachian State's been more consistent, I love Western Kentucky when they're really on. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and pick them in a shootout, something like 47 to 44 high scoring game. Take the over.
1: Like it sounds good. All right, moving on to the P U B G mobile, New Mexico bowl. No idea what company that is. I don't think it really matters. Um, UTEP (laughs) coming off a nice seven and five year, which is like basically undefeated for them. Didn't they lose like 30 games in a row there for a while? Anyway, they're they're taking on Fresno State with Jake Hainer back at quarterback who entered the transfer portal, then realized he can't academically do it at Washington and came back to Fresno State. Don't worry about that. Um, A bit odd because people on the Fresno campus were uh, hanging signs that say Hainer is a traitor just two weeks ago, and now he's back as the quarterback in the bowl game. See, this is why you got to love college football, folks. Uh, that being said, Fresno minus 11 and a half over under 51 and a half. Fresno not going to have their original head coach who has moved on to Washington. UTEP, I'm sure, has no opt-outs. Uh, go ahead, Z, you can start this one.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm going with the strategy, and this is one of the ones, as I said, that makes me a little uncomfortable because Fresno is a better team. And uh, they've got the high-profile quarterback, but their coach is gone. They're really good coach who we like and we think has a lot of promise at Washington. So I'm going to go with the team who's got their whole team and their coach, UTEP. And this is one of those ones that on paper, it uh, might not make sense, but I've been burned so many times in the past trying to like overthink this that I'm just going to keep it simple this year. UTEP ekes it out over Fresno State. And certainly, and for betting, by the way, certainly I'll take the ten and a half.
1: Okay, fair enough. Right.
2: I'm just going to go on pure talent, Fresno. I'm going to hook it with the under. I think this is a very, very low scoring game.
1: Very possible. Uh, I'm going to take UTEP just because I don't know about uh, Fresno without their head coach. I don't like it. Uh, this game's not good. No clue whatsoever. Take the points when in doubt. All right, now moving on to the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. UAB takes on BYU. BYU sneaky 10-2 season after losing Zach Wilson. Uh, they gave their coach a bunch of money to keep him around. Uh, UAB plays football in the state of Alabama. That's all I really know about them. Um, I've done no research on this game whatsoever. Uh I'm going to go ahead and take BYU minus the six and a half. I don't love it, but I'll take the 13th ranked team over an eight and four squad. Um, total's 54 and a half. I also like the under in this game. It's BYU. It won't be flashy. There are a couple opt-outs I know for BYU. Um, I think a linebacker and a wide receiver. So who knows what the hell is going to happen. Ryan, what you got?
2: Well... This is a tough one for me because this is a heart versus head type of game. My head tells me everything you said about BYU is correct. Great coach, 10-2 and season, under the radar, winning games, not a lot of opt-outs, big names or anything like that. But any Take the Points listener knows that Bill Clark is a personal favorite. I could never root against him. If I'm getting nearly a touchdown, I just, I, my heart says I can't do it. So I'm going to buy a half a point, get it to seven even, and I'm taking UAB plus seven.
1: There you go. Tom Z.
0: All right. Um, I'm going to take BYU. Both teams have relative consistency in the coaching staff and the players. BYU, as you mentioned, has a couple transfer portal guys, but mm-hmm. neither of them are uh, real superstars on the team. I think it's like their third leading receiver. So I'm not worried about that. And BYU, as he says, the 13th ranked team, they are, you know, technically not major conference, but major conference ask versus a small conference team. So there's a physical advantage. And, uh, the one thing I'll say about UAB strong defensive team. So I'm going to take an under, I believe uh, my numbers might be a little behind, but, uh, 54 and a half roughly is the over under. So, I'm going to take an under in this game. Defensive battle.
1: I kind of agree with you there. Um, okay. Moving on to the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Eastern Michigan takes on Liberty. Both teams, honestly, are not good. They're both 7-5. Um, and five. Liberty, really disappointing year. They've lost the Syracuse, ULM, and their last three games of the year. They've lost them all. Um, all by 15 or more points, which is pretty embarrassing. Army. Army blew them out. And I don't know if you caught any of that Army-Navy game. It was not pretty. But Army scored zero points in the second half, and they blew out Liberty. I don't know what's going on with that team. Last year, they made a run at going undefeated. This year, not so much. Um, Malik throws two interceptions every game. Uh, it's, It's just not pretty. I'm going to take Eastern Michigan and nine and a half. I don't like it, but I don't think you can trust Liberty to lay 10 points right now. I know Malik probably wants to put a show on for the, for the NFL scouts, but I don't think this Liberty. This this Liberty team's capable of that. So um, yeah, for that reason, give me Eastern Michigan and the nine and a half, Ryan. Yeah,
2: I'm going to have to agree. I haven't liked Liberty all year. Don't really like what they're doing. I don't think they're, personnel fits their their style i guess their scheme so this is kind of like a, a hugh freeze trying to uh just trying to fit the players into his scheme no matter what and it's just not working so it's a lot of points like you said they're not blowing anybody out i'm gonna have to take the points
1: Z.
0: So I'm in a couple of pools, and one we pick straight up, and one we pick with the spread. And uh, sometimes you have different picks in the different pools, and this is one of those cases. I'm taking Liberty straight up, but I'm taking the points with Eastern Michigan. Um, you guys talk about Liberty under-impressing. I think Malik Willis has a lot to prove in this game if he wants a future pro career, but... I'm also taking another strategy this year, which is to fade the Mac. I don't think the Mac is very good this year, and I don't think Eastern Michigan is very good at all. I mean, I know you talk about Liberty, but you could say all the same things and worse about Eastern Michigan this season. So I'll take Liberty to win the game, uh, but I will take the points.
1: Wild play in the football game. Sorry. Oh, God, I'm going to lose this bet. It's going to be great. All right, moving on. Uh, Utah State taking on Oregon State in the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, presented by Stifle at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. This stadium is so big, and it's going to look so incredibly empty. This will look like the most empty bowl. It won't be the emptiest bowl, but it will look like the most empty bowl. Uh, That being said, Oregon State minus seven. Total 67 and a half. I think this total is way too high. I think people have not been watching Oregon State. They're a defense, run the football team. They're not flashy on offense. It, 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 it's, it's Utah State as well. Utah State's uh, coach is under is some hot water for some questionable comments on uh, sexual assault that just came out as well. So that's not a good sign. Um, my favorite bet this game is the under – And, uh, I don't think I trust Oregon state to win by seven. This is gonna be another dog pick. I'll take Utah state, but I don't like Tom.
0: Didn't Jimmy Kimmel go on one of his shows and say that he didn't know who was playing in his own bowl.
1: I think so. Yes.
0: Uh, I'm going to take Oregon state. They've been, they've had a pretty nice season and they've uh, changed the dynamic of that team significantly. They are a run D team. As you say, they slow things down. They try to dominate physically, and that results in lower scores. So I like the under. I like Oregon State.
1: Ryan. Wow.
2: I love it. I get to go against both of you guys heavy. Utah State outright, (laughs) way over. This is Los Angeles. This is Jimmy Kimmel. Are you guys aware? Do you know what the mascot is for this bowl game, by the way? Nope. Yeah, it's a vomiting camel. That's right. A a vomiting camel called Jimmy Camel. (laughs)
0: All right. I don't know enough about this bowl. Is there a background you can give us on this? How this came to fruition?
2: It's Jimmy Kimmel's awesome. He's a gambling degenerate. He wants a bowl game. This is like... This is what you, we would do. If we had Jimmy Kimmel money, we would buy a bowl game and put our name on it a hundred percent.
0: So this isn't a gag related to a show or anything. Like it was just him personally was like, fuck it. I want to sponsor a bowl game. They let anybody do it.
2: Basically. Yes. And it's in LA and it's Jimmy Kimmel. And I'm like, let's put on a show, man. It's the Rams, the chargers. Utah State throws it all over the damn place. Their quarterback has like 3,600 yards. Let's do this thing. Over and Utah State.
1: Very likely. No clue whatsoever. Good pick. All right. Um, question. Are we doing a tarmac report this week? Is there any segue possible? No, there, there's not going to be a tarmac this week.
2: Next week, we next pod, we will have a special – segment the annual most underrated coaches list that will come out for the holiday spirit i'm going to give out some gifts to some coaches we will
0: if anyone's listening now if anyone's listening now to those of you who are listening now we will have a couple special segments coming up later in the show don't you worry
1: excellent let's
0: keep rolling though dan
1: I would also like to do a a, a a very rare coaches corner that is a positive one for next week. I feel like I'm due for one good one. They've all been negative thus far, and I'll I'll do a positive one for next week. Okay, uh, here's a weird one for you. The RNL carriers New Orleans Bowl. Hats off to RNL for really nailing down the New Orleans Bowl. It seems like they've been a, a long time sponsor. Uh, they really know how to carry. Uh, supplies down there in New Orleans. Um, weird spread here 23rd ranked UL or whatever, 23rd ranked Louisiana at 12 and 1, taking on 7 and 5, Marshall. In Louisiana, not in West Virginia, in the spreads Louisville, or sorry, not Louisville, Louisiana minus 4, total 55 and a half. Tom, I want you to explain why the slide's only four points and what why you like one side or the other.
0: Yeah, it's the the theory that I've presented, and this is one of those ones where it's tough to stick to it. You really want to pick Louisiana because how they've played all year long and they've they've looked great. And they, if this game were played a month ago, I think they'd dominate. But I'm picking Marshall because obviously Napier is gone over at Florida he's taken four of his assistants with him and uh, a couple other guys on the staff. And uh, we don't know like what kind of guys might actually leave and join him in the next few days. Um, I guess, I guess this is only a day away, so probably nobody, but you know, coaching, coaching is the number one thing that we've relied on to pick bowl games over the last 10 seasons or however many we've been doing this. So I got to stick to it. I got to go to the, go with the team with consistency. Their quarterback was questionable. Marshall's looks like he will play. So that's a positive. So give me Marshall and I don't feel good about it. I'm going to be holding my breath.
1: All right,
2: Ryan. Yeah, this is a weird one. Um, Billy Napier leaving obviously is I think the biggest reason why this line is, is what it is, but also Marshall's kind of like a weird team. Like, They're seven and five, but it's like a really weird seven and five. Um, They've lost a bunch of close games, um, four-point loss to ECU, one-point loss to App State, six-point loss to Middle Tennessee. But then at the end of the year, they got blown out by Western Kentucky by 30. So, like, it's the weirdest thing. But they put up a bunch of points – and they give up a bunch of points so i feel like i want to kind of take an over here and just assume that you know good weather in new orleans indoors we're going to get a little bit of a shootout so i'll take louisiana cuz they're the better team like but probably going to put a little sprinkle on the over as well it's a pretty low number
1: uh I'm gonna take Louisiana minus four. They lost their first game of the year against Texas. They have won 12 games in a row. The game's in Louisiana. Marshall might 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 head out on Bourbon Street and get loaded. They're excited to get out, get away from West Virginia. Uh, but I'm scared about the coaching stuff, but I just can't bring myself to taking a 7-5 team against 12-in-1 squad. So take Louisiana minus the four. And I agree with you, Ryan, the over on turf, it should come in. So fingers crossed. All right. Moving on to Monday, December 20th. The Myrtle Beach Bowl presented by Tax Account in Conway, South Carolina. <laughs> it's like trying to say these bowl games <laughs> with a straight face is the hardest part of this whole thing. Uh, this game's awful. Old Dominion at six and six against Tulsa at six and six. Uh, Tulsa minus nine, total 52.5. Old Dominion opened up the year at one and six. They won five games in a row to finish at six and six. Tulsa, big time underachieving team this year at six and six. I'm not laying the points. Give me ODU plus nine, no clue whatsoever on anything else but I don't want to sit there laying points in this game. So I'll take old dominion. No idea. Ryan, what you got for this one?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, like you said, all I knew really was old dominion started the year awful and then kind of went on a run. Tulsa kind of did the same thing. They won their, they lost their first three and then won their last three with a kind of a bunch in the middle. So like, Really weird, but then you look at their schedule and you're like, well, they lost to Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State and at Ohio State early in the year. So it's like you take those two losses out, it's like they're pretty good. They only lost to Cincinnati 28-20, and they lost a stupid game to Navy 2017. Other than that, they're actually really good. Beat Memphis, beat Temple. Murder Temple, beat Tulane, beat beat SMU, at SMU. So that to end the year. And like you said, guys that lose their conference title game come out flat. You go on the road and you won at SMU to end the year, like that's good momentum. So for me, this is a a big play actually uh, on Tulane. Tom Z.
0: All right. This is oh,
2: Tulsa. Not too late. Tulsa. Yeah. Close enough.
0: Close enough. We all got you. Um, Tulsa's losing, um, some of their assistant coaches to better jobs, including, uh, TCU. Their D coordinator is going to be the new DC at TCU. So that's a big loss. Um, they potentially could lose a few guys for the game, a few players as well. Whereas uh, old dominion pretty much has everybody. Um, it's really hard to pick old dominion because they have, uh, uh what's his name? Ricky Ronnie is the coach is a Penn state fan. I'm scarred for life. So it's hard to pick them, but I will take the points with old dominion with more consistency. Tulsa, you mentioned it, Ryan, they lost to all the good. They played great teams and they lost and they played really bad teams and they won. So that it almost tells you nothing. The SMU loss or uh, win was good, but SMU was in kind of a skid at the end of the season. So I don't know what to think about that. So I almost feel like we have really no data on Tulsa, even though they played 12 games, it's kind of weird. So I'm going to take the points with old dominion. Um, If you're going to give me nine and a half in a bowl game in Myrtle beach, I'll take that.
1: Very good. Tuesday, December 21st, the famous Idaho potato bowl, Take a guess where that game's played at, Tom.
0: Well, I'm going to guess it's in uh, Syracuse, New York, the salt city.
1: Incorrect answer, although we got good salt potatoes up there. It's in Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho. Uh, That was my second guess. Well, it would have been correct. Kent State taking on Wyoming. Another huge game here. Um, Kent State coming off the MAC championship game loss. Um, So instead of being able to play Coastal Carolina, they get to go to Boise, where it's going to be freezing cold to play against the Wyoming team that is highly suspect at six and six. The total of this game is fifty nine. I'm going to go ahead and take the under. Wyoming has not had a good offense since probably Josh Allen's been there. Is my guess. Um, Kent State probably going to be freezing cold and have no interest in playing this game. This is a a.m. local start in Boise. This game just shows you the high importance of this game here. Wyoming minus three? Sure, why not? I'll take Wyoming. They at least play there every year. Uh, They lost to Boise this year, I think 23-13 or something like that. This game's going to be terrible. Uh, This is the last – I think this is the final day. All of us are working before Christmas vacation – and we are smart for working and missing this game. Ryan?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Wyoming because Josh Allen, and I'm going to take the under because Idaho. That's all I got to say about this game.
0: So I'm with you on the under, so I think we're three for three there. And I think Kent state's the more talented team, but for all the reasons you mentioned, it seems like this is a game where I don't think either team's going to be motivated. So it's going to be ugly. And then 1130 start time. That's just comical. So Wyoming, I guess fade the Mac. (laughs)
1: That game's terrible.
0: It's really bad. You guys are going to laugh when you see the only one Mac team I did pick because it's the worst one.
2: Ryan, uh, real quick update on this Northern Illinois game. We have an injury wide receiver from Illinois got hurt. His name is Messiah Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Messiah. His first name is Messiah.
0: Yeah. He's the, uh, he's the son of God. Sham God.
1: it's good good reference sadly
0: sadly the timing might work out on that another uh name related update for um the cure bowl which is that the director of the cure bowl is named alan gooch (laughs) Oh,
2: you're referring to the boys
1: don't cry cure bowl i love (laughs) (laughs) okay enough nonsense We're going to the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, all right? I don't want want to talk any more nonsense. Time for a Tropical Smoothie Cafe in Frisco, Texas. Uh, We got UTSA, the Roadrunners, coming off of winning uh, Conference USA in a thrilling game with Western Kentucky, by the way, Um, taking on San Diego State. We do have an important opt-out, Sincere McCormick. The UTSA stud running back is uh, opting out for the draft. Um, this is a weird game. San Diego State plays a lot of defense. Offense, highly uh, suspicious. UTSA has a really good quarterback. Frank Harris, uh, 25 touchdowns on the year, only five picks. Another about 10 rushing the ball. Tom, what you like?
0: Well, I would have liked UTSA, but I can't do it without a uh, sincere running back. Given that he's been a, a very important part of their success and their excellent season. So I got to go San Diego State under duress and I don't really like it.
1: Right.
2: It's less than a field goal. I'm going with the hotter team, the better team, UTSA, Roadrunners.
1: Meet me. Let's do this. <sighs> I'm torn on this game. Uh, I'm also going to take UTSA just because the game's played in Frisco, Texas. And, uh, you know, there's maybe um, a chance that uh, home field will help a little bit. San Diego uh, Chargers or LA Chargers, whatever, have no fans. How many fans could San Diego State possibly have? Um,
2: Well, their coach is Brady Hoke. So freaking none.
1: They've all quit. Breaking news in this Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois game has gone completely rogue. They just screwed Northern Illinois of a last snap from the five-yard line. I, I think they might try to give it back to them. I, I'm not really sure what's going on. They might just say college football is over, game over. Yep, they say game, game over. <laughs> that, that just happened. Cool. Huh. Make sure to watch the replay of that. Whatever. I, can't, I won the bet. No one cares. Okay, uh, I'll take UCSA. Um, moving on. Wednesday, December 22nd, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas. What changes first, the sponsorship of this game or the American flag, how it looks? I don't know. It's probably – it's pretty close. Um, Ryan, you still want to go back to this game? They got got screwed. This is awful. (laughs) The (laughs) referee
2: changed his call three times, and then they just all looked at each other. And it's called the game. Yep. Yeah. So the guy caught it and was trying to dive out of bounds and he lost the ball and the ref's like incomplete. He didn't catch it. There's two seconds left. Then he's like, no, wait, he did catch it. Clock's running and he fumbled it out of bounds. So the clock runs games over. And this is the weirdest thing. And then they they're not even gonna review it to look nope. and see if it like was or wasn't a catch. Just review it and let me know if this was a catch. Because if it's a catch, it's game's over. He caught it, didn't get out of bounds.
1: But very, very strange. Uh, strange game. See that, that yeah. basically sum, that that sums up college football bowl season in a nutshell, that game right there. Yeah. Uh anyway, we got Missouri Army, Army minus four. Total 57-and-a-half. I'll take this one. Missouri, to begin the year, had the worst rushing defense ever. Like, historically bad. Um, When they played Georgia, actually, the defense looked pretty good. They also have a home win against Florida. Like I said, I just watched that Army-Navy game. I can't lay points with that Army offense. It's really bad. Um, Can't believe I'm going to say this. Oh, it makes me sick. I I, kind of like Missouri plus four in this game. and that's all I got to say about that. Tom?
0: Yeah, same.
1: Good. Brian?
2: Uh, I'm going to take Army because Missouri sucks. <laughs> 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 this is like Army's Super Bowl, bro. They're in the Armed Forces Bowl. You think the refs aren't giving them every single call? It's army in the armed forces
1: bowl every year. There's every just going to be a road.
0: <laughs> there's going to be uh one of the Missouri DBs gets taken out by a drone strike on a deep pass.
2: There's going to be so many holding calls because both these teams only run it. Like Missouri's running back has 1600 yards rushing. Like And it's army. So we know they're only going to run it. Their quarterback has 650 yards passing on the year. Like this is going to go way under, like way, way under I'm taking army outright 20 to 13.
1: Let's do this. Let's go. If you remember a few years ago, army, sorry. Uh, the past two years have not featured a Service Academy team in this bowl, but three years ago it did. It was Army against Houston with Dana Holgerson. If you remember, uh, Houston opted to not really play a couple key key uh, starters. Final score, Houston 14, Army 70. 70, right? Yeah. 70-14 final. Year before that, Army played San Diego State. Oh, look at that. 42-35. Army victory. Uh, Yeah, Army uh, in um, 2010 was the last time they played in that game. Before that, beat SMU 16-14. So they've been in this bowl game three times. They've won them all. Uh, Valid point, Ryan. All right, moving on. Thursday, December 23rd, Frisco Football Classic presented by Ryan. Ryan, thank you for sponsoring. Thank you,
0: Ryan. Appreciate
1: it. This is another game at Frisco, Texas. Is this in the same stadium? Correct. Yes.
0: Let me let me uh, make a note about this before you guys pick. So there were too many bowl eligible teams this year, and so this game doesn't exist or didn't exist as of like three weeks ago. They just made it up so they'd have an extra game for these extra teams that had six wins, and they found. Uh, you know, an open stadium that happened to be a couple days or a day after another bowl game in that stadium. And I think their hope is that people will just go to both okay. f- so they can like, you know, sell double tickets to the Frisco Bowl and the Frisco Classic. But this is not a real bowl. And I'm pretty sure there's no plan to continue this bowl game in the future. This is, it's a one-off.
2: So says you. I sold three NFTs to sponsor this bowl, Tom. (laughs) This is the NFT
0: of bowl games. Um,
1: That's right. Thank you for hosting this game, Ryan. We, 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 we really needed North Texas against Miami of Ohio, two powerhouse, six and six squads. Um, of Ohio minus three total 54. Uh, I think the whole Mac sucks this year. Um, they're already 0-2 in bowl season based on what's happened tonight. Um, give me the team from Texas getting three against the Mac squad in Frisco. Um, that's all I got for this. Tom?
0: Uh, I'm with you. This is the the make-a-wish game. Neither of these teams really belong in a bowl game, but they created one just for them. So, again, fade the Mac. Take the team from Texas.
1: Ryan, your bowl. Are you allowed to make a pick because it's your bowl? It's kind of like when yeah, like, this Chris is how, Collinsworth can't make a pick yeah. because he's calling the game on CBS. This is
0: the the Herb Streets keys to the game instead of a pick. Why don't you give your <laughs> keys to the <laughs> game, Ryan?
2: Yeah. Uh, those guys are all losers. Whoever
0: scores the most <laughs> points is probably going to win.
2: If I'm so going to pay for my own bowl game then I'm going to bet a lot of money on it. And I'm going to bet a lot of money on the Texas team in Texas. And I'm going to fade the Mac rule one, rule two, let's go. I like
0: you and Jimmy Kimmel hosting your own games.
2: That's right. He got it by hard work. I got it by sleeping in and getting lucky on some, some NBA top shots in my underwear. Let's go.
1: Enough said. All right, now we're going to the total shit show bowl. Oh, wait, no, this is the Union Mortgage, Union, union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl featuring UCF in Florida. This is gonna be great. You're gonna want to tune into this one. You got Gus Malzahn minus Dylan Gabriel. Well, he he's already been out for the year with the broken call run. But anyway, you got Gus Crazy Gus going against Florida. Florida playing without Anthony Richardson. Zachary Carter, Jacob Copeland, Chris Bogle, Lloyd Summerall, and someone else as well. Uh, they also have no head coach, no motivation. Emery Jones is also transferring, but he's, I don't know if he's playing in the bowl he's, game or not. He's playing nothing.
0: in the game, and then he's transferring right after. He's <laughs> He's doing. He's do, it's not exactly the same, but he's basically doing a Christian Hackenberg wh- where he plays the game, and then five minutes later, he's like, well... That was fun. See you later.
1: Oh, boy. This game is going to be a total fucking mess. Um, Florida laying six and a half, total 55 and a half. I'm not going first. Someone convinced me to make a side. I'll Tom, go, go ahead.
0: Uh, you just laid it out. I mean, Florida's the more talented team, allegedly, but there's never been a team that's tried less and underachieved more and has less motivation. So you have to assume that Florida's going to lay an egg here. Now watch them now come out and without Mullen win by like 50, but it could, I mean, it, anything could happen, but I'm going to UCF the team with some, some consistency.
1: That's a good segue, Ryan.
2: Hey, you guys remember that song that Dennis Leary had in the nineties? There's a lot that of real ones. big hit. I heard they're playing that instead of Tom Petty in, this, in the swamp these days, <laughs> now that Mullen's gone. Yeah. I think Florida's going to smack the balls off of UCF. I don't know why. There's no reason why. Here's what the reason why. Dan laid it out. We got crazy-ass Gus Melzon in a spot where he's expected, even though they're not favored, he's still expected to put on a good show, to make it a game, to keep it close, to maybe pull out a win. And when Gus Malzahn has that kind of pressure on him as a head coach, that is a bad, bad formula. He loves to shit the bed in these spots. Gus is going to overthink himself – Florida's going to play loose and fast. I think Florida mashes them. Can't rule it out.
1: All right. Uh, see, this is this is why picking these games is very hard. This will be the lowest confidence pick I have in the bowl season. I'm more confident in that North Texas game against Miami of Ohio. Um, I'm going to go with Ryan in this and go with an anti-Mullen play. And uh, Malzahn is just a total fucking nutbag, and that's why I'm going to lay the six and a half.
0: I've been trying to All think. Right. There's got to be another Tom Petty song that would fit. We'll th- we'll think about it. But yeah, I I say either UCF wins by nine points and it goes under, or Florida wins by fifty five and it goes over.
1: You wreck me? How about you wreck me for how Dan Mullen wrecked the program? Is that possible? Damn um, the
0: torpedoes. Torpedo damn the torpedoes, zombie zoo. There's a lot of potential ones.
1: There's a lot of good options. We'll come so. up
0: with something.
2: <laughs> okay. Don't come around here no more is probably oh, the best one. Yes. Correct. That's, it. that's which the is right also answer. incidentally the greatest music video of all time. If they just played that
0: and put his Mullen's face on the scoreboard, that place would go insane. That would guarantee victory right there.
2: If they played the video in, of Petty in that giant top hat and they mm-hmm. just put Mullen's fat face on it.
0: Yeah, it's so they can superimpose like a UF logo on the giant <laughs> hat.
1: I love it. All right. Um, I agree with all that. Okay, good news. The Hawaii Bowl is back on Christmas Eve, everybody. Oh, here we
0: go. Here we go.
1: I got some things we need to talk about with this game. We oh, got yeah. six and six Memphis taking on six and seven Hawaii. That'd be six and seven Hawaii with two wins this year over New Mexico state. So take them away. And they're four and, so seven. four
0: and seven Hawaii.
1: Siobhan Cordero quarterback transferred NFL utility wide receiver, uh, NFL prospect wide receiver slash running back DD Hunter transferring. Did you happen to read the article from the San Francisco newspaper about Todd Graham by chance?
0: Yes. This is why I'm, this is my number one. Uh, that I've been I've been sitting here waiting for to talk about this one. Not only here. not only all the, the worst things that people say about other coaches, you know, abusive and all that stuff. They say we no longer love the game of football because of Correct. him.
1: DD Hunter on his Instagram wrote, hold on, let me get this exact quote right here, just to show you just just, just what, what level of hatred we have here. Um, okay. Um like Tom said, you know, they've killed uh, you know, the passion of football. Um god damn it. It said, I'm transferring for my mental health and, and pursue other football opportunities. Oh my <laughs> so, god. <laughs> Todd Graham literally is the most hated coach in college football. We we we've touched on this a little bit throughout the year about how awful Hawaii's become um under Todd Graham. Memphis, number one confidence in the bowl. I don't care that their NFL wideout, Calvin, whatever, is not playing in this game. Doesn't matter. Hawaii's backup quarterback is fucking terrible. He's terrible. Graham's terrible. Didi Hunter's their best offensive player. They're playing, so, why is playing without their two best players. After this article comes out, 0% chance they win this game. Memphis, number one. Of all the bowl season, Tom.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. Number one confidence of all bowl games, Memphis. Dan, you've got some geographical lot. connection to Todd Graham. Can you just give yeah. like a? Can you give a thirty second background on his history and why he sucks for the uninitiated?
1: He's terrible. Uh, he was bad at Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State was. Uh, I mean, actually had some, some like, actual um, pretty good players, and he did nothing with them. Not that Herm's doing much more, uh, but he's just a total idiot. And he showed up in Hawaii, and he's wearing that chain around his neck instead of wearing the lay. Like, look at Rolovich. Think about what you want with him. Way better coach. And he wore the lay, and he wore the Hawaiian shirt, and he did all kinds of fun stuff for his players, and they all loved him. He did all the weird off-the-field stuff, hired a – You know, people that look like pop stars. He did all kinds of fun stuff. Todd Graham screaming at people, making them hate football and transfer because of mental health reasons. Uh, This is a total disaster. Ryan, I highly recommend uh, Todd Graham on the tarmac report for next year.
2: Can I say something? Oh, Todd Graham's going to be on the list. Don't you worry. He is. Thank you. He slipped by this year because we were just so damn happy to have Hawaii football back and to get their own stadium on campus. They were just just be happy with that. But now that they have their own stadium, Crazy Rolovich is probably just gonna go back and that we can go back to betting Hawaii overs.
0: So this is what I wanted to say about I'm glad you brought it up because we talked um, several weeks ago about coaches that potentially should go back to their old programs. Who'd be a perfect fit, but obviously they'd never let them because of history. And we always talk about lane would have been a great coach for Tennessee or for USC, but of course they'd never have them. Um, Two more have risen. Rolo going back to Hawaii, I think is actually a potentially good fit and it's too late now because Penn state just hired him, but Temple should hire Manny Diaz.
1: Correct. You're absolutely right, Tom. Temple football is at rock bottom. Um, Okay. Uh, We're going on to the big Christmas bowl game. Uh, Thank you, college football, for giving us a college bowl game on Christmas. Um, No thank you for the teams involved in this game. Literally the
0: worst one,
1: but thanks. Georgia State taking on Ball State in the Tax Act camellia bowl in montgomery alabama um no clue but once again i'm just gonna fade the mac the entire bowl season lay in five i'm laying points in this game which is ridiculous give me georgia state minus five and i don't like it ryan uh this is yeah i i don't i have
2: no idea um yeah. <laughs> this is the worst ball game ever. It's just, yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm going to go ahead and just take ball state because I like saying ball state. Okay. That's it. It's just fun to say. It's fun to cheer for on Christmas day when I'm like hanging out with my nephews and I'm just like, Hey guys, just, just cheer for balls. Balls. It, it's when you have four nephews, this is the kind of fun stuff you get to do, like teach them to run up to their their father and go, "Go balls!"
1: Uh, so, just uh, yeah. real quick, I researched this game for the first time. Georgia State um, lost five games this year. They lost to Army, North Carolina, Auburn, App State, and um, Louisiana. Those are some. Those are some. You know, I mean that that's totally fine. So it looks like. Outside of that, they're supposed to, you know, they, they beat who they're supposed to and they actually beat Coastal Carolina this year on the road towards the end of the year. So they that's always o- without
2: McCall, that doesn't count. O- well, Georgia True. State's losing their offensive coordinator to Va Tech. Yeah. So uh Tom, that fits into your coach's theory as well. If
0: well more than know, that, if you win games on the offense theory.
2: and your offensive coordinator's leaving, I'm gonna take ball state.
0: Well Ball State is probably the worst MAC team in a bowl game, and I said I was going to fade the MAC, and ironically, I'm going to pick Ball State because <laughs> of the coaching.
1: All right, uh, Monday, December 27th. We're starting now on the 27th to get in some to some okay games. Every game so far has been pretty terrible. The first half of bowl season is is pretty is pretty bad, but from here on out, the schedule is all right. Western Michigan taking on Nevada in the quick lane bowl at Ford field in Michigan, Western Michigan minus six total 56 and a half. Of course, the big news in this game is that Carson strong quarterback, Nevada will be sitting it out to prepare for his Jordan love esque jump to the NFL. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'll make this one quick. I like Western Michigan minus six they're you know it's the basically a home game for them played against a team from the west no there'd be no nevada fans traveling to detroit it's not exactly the best destination two days after christmas the only people who'll be supporting nevada there are friend, are family members only they can fit their whole fan section in like about gonna be like 80 seats um give me western michigan i i i Uh, it's, it's actually one of my favorite, uh, confidence picks of the, uh, the bowl season. So Tom, go ahead.
0: So you're wrong. There's not going to be family members there because the entire Nevada team has entered the transfer portal or is opting opting out. (laughs) They've also, they have no head coach. They have no D coordinator. They have no offensive coordinator. They have no O line (laughs) coach. They have no receivers coach, no tight ends coach, no special teams coach. Some of, some of those are not official, but they're expected to follow Norvell to uh, his new job taking over for Adazio. So those guys are all dudes, and they're headed to Colorado State most likely. Running back coach Vai Tau- Taua will be the interim coach. The running back coach will be your interim, interim coach for the game, and he might be the only coach there. As you mentioned, Carson Strong opted to sit out. This line was two and a half like a day ago. And now it's shot up to six immediately. So that tells you all you need to know. Two receivers entered the transfer portal, starting right guard transfer portal, uh, their linebacker, who's second team, all mountain West transfer portal and a, a backup linebacker transfer portal. So I don't think, well, there's one other team, but I would say Nevada's the top two or three teams in terms of what they are missing. They're up there with Florida and uh, another team we'll talk about in a little bit or maybe next week. So you cannot bet Nevada, please. Never.
1: Thank you for the info. Brian?
2: I can't add anything that Tom didn't just say. So, yeah, huge confidence, Western Michigan.
0: And by the way, Nevada's a, a way better team. Like if they played a month ago, totally different outcome.
2: Oh, actually, I do have something to say. I want to feel like I added to this conversation. Western Michigan's coach is a Western Michigan Hall of Famer alum. So this can mean this means a lot to him as a former Western Michigan player and a Hall of Fame player at that to, to win a bowl game in their home state. High, high motivation.
1: Makes a lot of sense. I'll be putting them high on my confidence pool. Uh, picks. They're gonna be a three or a five for me. I'll tell you that much. Um, then we go to the military bowl. When I think military, I think about Boston College taking on East Carolina. <laughs>
0: I think about strong men <laughs> who are dedicated I think about dudes, 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 and Chris Johnson guys That's who it. guys who work with their hands, guys who uh, are street smart. I think of Boston College. Oh,
1: God, I hate Boston College. Give me East Carolina plus three. That's all I got to say about that. Ryan? Same. Uh,
2: (laughs) East Carolina is just a better team, better quarterback, better team speed. Where is this game?
1: Annapolis, Maryland.
2: Yeah, closer, better weather, better team speed, ECU. Stewart, Tom Zing.
0: I'm going to take Boston College. I like. Uh, I know. I like Phil Jerkovic. He's. Uh, he said he's coming yeah, back, bro. so uh, this game matters to him. And uh, I think he's the better quarterback, despite what Ryan says. We disagree there. Um, continuity for both teams, so there's no coaching or anything like that going on that we have to consider. So, give me BC.
1: I'm really happy that he's uh, coming back because the Steelers were definitely drafting him in round six to be the starter next year. Cause he's from Pittsburgh. Um, so that's a win for me. Uh, okay. Going on to Tuesday, December 28th. This will be the last day we talk about for this podcast. And then we'll pick up with a second installment here in a few days. This is a very interesting afternoon of football. Um, in fact, I was supposed to start my vacation the day after, but I think I'm going to start it on this day because there's a lot of interesting games. Um, all right. Houston, Auburn. What the hell is going to happen here in the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl at Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama? What the fuck is Ticket Smarter? Is it like a better version of Ticket Master? Do you guys have any idea? I have no idea. No one knows. I assume
0: as much, but I don't know for sure.
2: I think it's like a fake stub hub. Okay,
0: you're probably Like a seat geek type of thing.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Anyway, Auburn minus two and a half, total 51 and a half. Auburn quarterback Bo Nix transferring. Turns out he did not win a Heisman Trophy. At Auburn, He did somehow beat Alabama once, which might be a figment of our imagination. Um, taking on Houston, Houston just got smoked by Cincinnati. They hung around for about a quarter, then they got completely worked. Again, this is another team that lost their conference championship game. I have no idea what the motivation is in this game. Uh, no feel whatsoever. So uh, give me Auburn and a team without Bo Nix. To uh, cover two and a half, and I don't like it. The good news, Robert, is that their running back tank, big uh, Tank Bigsby, is going to be back, and he's sticking around for next year. So maybe they just hate to him. I thought he went to the portal, and then he decided to cancel that and come back to Auburn. So oh he, shit. Well, I like picked Houston. Like, I picked Houston in this game because I
2: assumed that Bigsby was gone, and without gone. him. They they have no offense because their backup quarterback is atrocious, and yeah. without him, he is playing.
1: He is.
0: Let me let me make you feel better, Ryan, because I also picked Houston. Uh, normal circumstances, five years ago, before everything went insane in college football, I would have looked at this and I would have said SEC versus a smaller team, they can't match up. But as you mentioned, Bo has gone, Finley the backup. You know, whatever. We'll see what happens with him, but um also out uh, in the transfer portal for Auburn. Uh, one of their backup running backs, a receiver, safety, d end, guard, um not playing in this game, um, you know, opting out. their uh, best cornerback, Roger McCreary, uh, linebacker Zacoby McLean, and uh, one of my favorite players in all college football their tackle Broderius Ham great name between him and Smoke Monday I think them they might be the best named team in college football uh starting so center down. starting center also out injury and uh you know they fired Mike Bobo which isn't really a huge loss but they technically don't have an offensive <laughs> coordinator so they kind of don't have a team right now they got Bigsby but that's about it So uh, I had to pick Houston just based on, you know, the theory that we're going with and, uh, you know, losing Houston was ranked 20th. I mean, losing to Cincinnati is nothing to be ashamed of.
1: True. Um, Okay. Moving on. We have the serve pro first responder bowl at Gerald J Ford stadium in Dallas, Texas, air force taking on Louisville. Louisville minus a point and a half total 55 and a half Tom started off. There's an ACC team involved.
0: Yeah. This is a real tough one for me because on the one hand, you know, Louisville's got continuity at coach and Malik Cunningham, who we, we all think is an underrated, um, player is coming back and playing in this bowl game. And presumably it matters to him. They did lose, um, two receivers to the transfer portal including their best receiver. And so it's kind of tough whereas Air Force, you know, all the service academies don't really lose guys. So um no. Air Force is at full strength. Yes, uh contractually obligated to stay. Um so Air Force <laughs> yeah. is they're at full strength. Louisville is, you know, basically down down a best receiver but other than that at pretty yeah. full strength. I'm going to take Louisville. I like Malik Cunningham a lot. And I think he single-handedly can win this game and cover. It's only a one and a half point spread. So if you're looking for a bet, I think maybe a, an over 55 probably seems good.
1: All right, Ryan.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree with Tom here. Um, I think this is probably close to a coin flip. Um, in that case, I like Louisville's speed playing in Texas. Uh, a little bit more. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and go with Louisville just because it is such a small line at one and a half.
1: I'm going to take Louisville. I just think that they have, um, I think Malik can can win this game by himself and run around the smaller, slower Air Force squad. That's my only, I'm taking the best player in the game and i uh, going to roll the dice there. All right. Next game, we got a lot to talk about here. Mississippi State taking on Texas Tech in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl in Memphis, Tennessee. But before we do, you know, guys, Garrett Schrader used to be the quarterback in Mississippi State, and now he's at Syracuse, and Syracuse has had some problems. So, good segue. <laughs> Thank you. I've been trying to fit it in. Um,
0: I figured we would just do it at the end, but I like this.
1: No, this is a good time. Uh, Syracuse needs a council of elders to sort things out. So this week's council of elders is Syracuse, New York, an area we all spent many years in and uh, have gathered many connections, have many stories, have been influenced by many individuals over the years. Um, A lot of high class characters, a lot of low class characters a lot of people in between. So let's go around the horn here. We can go for somewhere between five and 75 members anywhere in that range works for me. And, uh, Tom, you'd like to say something before we start.
0: So if you've listened to the show before, usually our council of elder are, you know, famous celebrities or great former players, like, you know, Miami would, (laughs) would be, you know, guys like Ray Lewis or whatever who really could help the team. But having grown up in Syracuse, we're going to go in a slightly different direction, and we're going to go with guys who are only famous and known and important to people who grew up in Syracuse. So I think each person probably will require a little additional explanation.
1: All right. Uh, This is going to be a great time here. Ryan, you, you go ahead and start this one off.
2: Great. I'm going to go with John Paul Giammartino, owner, owner of the Tully's Good Times franchise. Yes. This is how we start with fixing the, the Syracuse fo- football is we need to make fans happier. How do you make fans enjoy the experience better? We get rid of the boiled dome <laughs> dogs that people have been eating for 60 years in that dump. And we replace those with Tully's tenders, the most delicious food in Syracuse. Right there, we got a great start. So Tully's tenders in the dome to replace Dome Dogs, that's number one for me.
1: Very good, Tom.
0: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a three man crew who are all tied together and they they operate as one entity. Um, I can say it, it, it's ironic because it's going to take me a while to get there, but bear with me. We started this by talking about Texas tech, Mississippi state, Mississippi state was down a decade ago and the way they got people back into Mississippi state football, they didn't start by having amazing teams on the field. They started with the crowd and getting people pumped up. And then the team followed. I think that's a good model for Syracuse. You mentioned the food, which is critical. I also think to get pumped up, the dome needs a little bit better music and we need to get amped. And so there's three Syracuse legends who can all help with music. One is Scorch, famous DJ Scorch. Two is famous DJ Rain Man. And three, Dan, you know who I'm talking about? Gerbil. Gerbil of The Sound and the Fury, (laughs) the first new metal show in like 1991 playing like Corn and uh, Head P.E and hardcore stuff that sounded absolutely insane, only airing Saturdays from midnight to 2 a.m. So between those three guys, I think we can get some better music and fire up the fans in the dome and get everyone excited for Syracuse football.
1: Z, I've known you since 1988, and if you didn't go second, my first pick was Scorch, Rain Man, and Gerbil. (laughs) All three were going to be my pick. I shit you not.
0: (laughs) Well, I knew that. Because we both grew up together and it's an obvious pick.
1: <laughs> well, not for my pick. Uh, Syracuse football needs more, more improved music. That's true. And they need improved food. That's true. And I think they need some improved entertainment. So I'm going to go with the producers and co-hosts of life without shame, Tom Lochi and Rick Castigliano to really bring the entertainment back to Syracuse football. Life Without Shame was a long-running show out of the original Rochester area that that went on on air at midnight on the weekends, which featured some highly uh, entertaining segments from local adult clubs in the area. Um, As a 12-, 13-year-old boy, this is our first time we've ever seen the inside of a strip club. It really gave us the uh, appetite that we needed at that age. So you can only imagine what kind of entertainment they'll bring to the Carrier Dome. So uh, Tom Lochi, Rick Castellano in the council of elders. (laughs) Ryan pick number four. Okay.
2: (laughs) For this particular pick, I think we need to, Reign it in a little bit. I think we need to get some legends of the game back into the (laughs) dome to reinvigorate the crowd. And for that, we need the greatest quarterback in Syracuse football history. No, 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 Don. You're not allowed. Marvin Graves, yes, come on down. You are the true goat in Syracuse football. You belong on the council. You have been long overlooked because of McNabb after you, but you were the original.
0: I like that one. And by the Very way, good. the minute you said Syracuse quarterback, I'm like, well, it's gotta be graves. He can slap on his bike helmet, come from his bike safety ads and come. right. Down. <laughs> There's, I mean, there's so many guys you could pick, you know, Jerry McNamara, et cetera, but I'm going to go deep. Now this, this man is uh, long deceased, but we'll bring back his spirit because another improvement to the dome, we classed up the food, we classed up the music, but we need some help from Andrew Rankin, the inventor of the urinal. So, because I think the dome is the only place on earth where you piss into a giant trough, it's time to upgrade. <laughs> it's time to come into the 21st century at the dome.
1: That's a really good one, Tom. Um, pretty good. College football isn't always about the X's and O's on the field. It's about making money. It's about running a business. We need a true businessman to join the council of elders. That's why the owner of the yellow store <laughs> Is going to be the next member of the council of elders. He doesn't have a name. He doesn't have an address. He might live in the back of the store. He doesn't have
0: a store. The yellow store is just a parking lot. Now
1: look, if he was able to charge $4 for a siphon filter when it was 49 99 at GameStop, he knows how to run a business, get him on the council.
0: For those non Syracuse listeners, the yellow store was a yellow building. A store literally had no name, just known as the Yellow Store, that had video games and CDs for about three to four dollars. The day after they came out. Like brand new shit. You know, Mario Kart came out on a Sunday. Monday it was at the Yellow Store for six dollars. And you don't ask
1: questions. It's great. All right, guys. Last pick each. This is a special large, inclusive council of orders, make this decision wisely. There's a lot of tough decisions you have to make here. Ryan, your third pick.
2: Okay. Well, if this is an all encompassing, how do we fix Syracuse football? I think what we need to do is take advantage of one of the very unique things about Syracuse the way that the Buffalo Bills take advantage of their unique geographic location. We're gonna take the roof off the dome. We're gonna make it an outdoor facility. But in order to have a true advantage, we need a true connoisseur of meteorology. So, Wayne Mahar, <laughs> come on down. Everyone knows who Wayne Mahar is he's the most famous weatherman in upstate history. He's the only weatherman anyone knows. So he's in, he's going to give us the advantage of when those Nor'easters are coming across. Let me tell you when the U comes on up to Syracuse, they don't know anything about Nor'easters.
0: You know, it's funny because I was going to pick the other Jackie Robinson from the news, but (laughs) that
2: was next on my list too. Thank you.
0: But I'm going to pick someone else, a Syracuse legend. Unfortunately, this person is also no longer with us. So we'll bring him back in spirit, but we got to, somebody mentioned it's a business. College football is a business. There's Nils. You need a real deal maker. Someone who's the ultimate businessman who can expand an empire from Syracuse all the way to Phoenix and do whatever it takes, including changing your name to a Spanish last name. When you go out to (laughs) Phoenix, Billy Fusillo, a.k.a. Billy Fernandez, rest in peace, is my final induction to the Syracuse Council of Elders.
1: That's a great pick, Tom. That's that's, that's really smart. I love that. Uh, okay, final pick. There's so many choices here, but I feel like we need someone who knows how to run a business, someone who's been on TV, and someone with a lot of personality, and that's Will Zeck.
2: Oh, God, I knew we go? you were going to
1: pick that, too. We're going to go with Will Zek as the last councilman uh, ran Pine Grove eh, didn't really run Pine Grove. He just went no. there and kind of worked out half-assed and checked out women. Dan, um,
0: me and you ran Pine Grove. Will Zek hung out.
1: Um, he did a Cole Muffler commercial in 97 and uh, is probably on his third or fourth divorce at this point, I'm guessing. Uh, but he seems like the kind of guy who cares most about Syracuse football on Saturdays. So. Will Zek, final member of the council.
0: There were so many others. Yeah. Obviously an honorable mention to Dale Keita. Yeah. He just doesn't have, you know, in Syracuse, he's known, but he doesn't have the national profile.
1: There was a lot of names to choose from, but I think we compiled a great list there. Very proud of you all. All right. Back to the auto zone. Texas Tech, Mississippi State, (laughs) Mississippi State, Texas Tech. Uh, this is a fun one. Mike Leach uh, has totally pulled a one hundred and eighty. He used to not care about bowl games. Now he's uh, making fun of people for opting out of the bowl games, which means he's going to play all the starters and try to win. He's also um, he also hates Texas Tech with a passion. He filed a multi million dollar lawsuit against them and didn't get a dollar. He still feels like he's owned millions from that program. Uh, Texas Tech is not good. They're in flux with coaching and quarterback play. One of these teams is an SEC team with Mike Leach that can score points. Uh, I like Mississippi State to blow out Texas Tech badly and run it up by 35 points. Tom?
0: Yeah, this is one of my highest confidence picks. In addition to everything you said, Mississippi State is, I feel like, a team on the rise despite the Ag Bowl you know, for the last month of the season, they really were playing their best football. Texas Tech's in a weird situation too. It's not just coaching turnover. They hired a, what's his name? Jerry Maguire, or or, sorry, Joey Maguire from Baylor to be the new head coach. Um, But for this game, it's uh, Sonny Sonny Cummy, the interim head coach, who's coaching this bowl game, and then he's going to be the new head coach at Louisiana Tech. So it's another situation where he does this game and then like... He pulls a Christian Hackenberg and he's literally out the door. The second the game ends off to his new job. So no motivation. Texas tech is one of, you know, along with Florida, they're a team that really just wants to wrap this season up and get on to next year. So Mississippi state by a million.
2: Brian. Yeah. Top five confidence pick Mississippi state's going to murder them. Texas tech is no good. Lost four of their last five started three different quarterbacks this year. They're no good.
1: No, I completely agree. All right. Uh, San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. San Diego, California. UCLA taking on NC State. It's time for the coach's restaurant, gentlemen. Uh, Chip Kelly has been at UCLA for far too long, so – uh, I'll take this one, Tom. I'm ready. Um, Chip Kelly's been at UCLA for four years. They've not been any good. Uh, you have to wonder why he's still there, why he's hanging around, much like Arby's. Um, Arby's, it doesn't make any sense in 2021. No one's there, are no kids going out for roast beef sandwiches. You can have all the commercials you want that we have the meat, we have X, Y, and Z. Nobody cares. If you go to an Arby's right now and just do the mean average of the customer, it's got to be about 59 years old. There's no one younger than us who goes to Arby's. Zero people in their 30s, negative 5% in their 20s, 75% in teenagers. I don't know anyone who actually goes there. I, I don't mind Arby's. I'm not saying I just like the food, just like I don't, you know, hate on chip kelly i I would have liked if oregon would have hired him but i don't know what he's doing at ucla he's been wasting his time there people thought they were going to be great this year uh no they end up losing four games dorian thompson robinson sucks this is his last game thank god um moral of the story chip i don't know why you're still at ucla just just move on quit coaching for a while go be a commentator and take a better job or do something else Arby's stop putting Turkey clubs on the menu. Just, just sell roast beef sandwiches at dirt cheap prices and move on with the rest of your day. Uh, Arby's doesn't make sense. Chip Kelly doesn't make sense. He'll be fine as a manager there someday. Okay. Uh, I I
0: like that one. We don't even set these segments up anymore. I like, um, (laughs) I, I like the parallel between the, we have the meats and the, the, like we have Chip Kelly as our coach which both kind of sound good right off the cuff. But the more you examine it, you're like, well, what does that even mean anymore? There's no, you know, no substance to it in 2021.
2: If your meat is infected with E. Coli, (laughs) there's no point advertising the goddamn meat. (laughs) This is a sore subject for me. This was the beginning of the end of me with meat. The last time I ate roast beef in my life was at an Arby's at a rest stop in Virginia. Wait. I oh, ended okay. up, up in the hospital. Oh no, this is all true. I didn't are, is,
0: Arby's is the one that turned you off meat forever?
2: This was the beginning of the end for me. This is when I started
0: I didn't know this. This is shocking. I mean it's not yeah. shocking at all, but I just didn't know it.
2: Yeah, I got food poisoning from an Arby's because our cheapskate coach in college gave us dick for money and he didn't go to take us to real restaurants. So he would just pull the bus over at a random rest stop and be like, they got three or four fast food places. Here's $8. Go feed yourself. And like Dan said, they have cheap meat. So you go there and get five roast beef and cheddars for $5. And, you know, that's how you survive. But I almost did not survive. I got severe food poisoning to the point where I was on the phone with my, we got back to Syracuse. I threw up on the bus the whole way. Coach refused to pull over, refused to take me to a hospital. He was like, no, you're one person sick. There's 44 healthy teammates on the bus. We're not stopping because of you. So they gave me a giant, like 20 gallon garbage bag, like the huge ones. And I sat in the front of the bus and puked my guts out for like, I don't know, Virginia to Syracuse, eight hours. Made it back to the dorms, called my dad on the phone to, to tell him I you know needed help. And that's the last thing I remember. Apparently I passed out while on the phone with my father. He calls my cousin, who's a teammate, who comes over to my dorm room and finds me unconscious on the floor. He gets a few other teammates and apparently they picked me up and carried me outside to my father's van. He drove from the house to campus to pick me up. They put me in my father's van and that's the next thing I remember is waking up in the parking lot of the hospital with my dad trying to get me out, carry me out of the van and get me in a wheelchair to wheel me into the hospital. So yes, I stopped eating roast beef after that occasion and started really looking into the meat industry in general. And yeah, that, that was the beginning of the end with me and, I haven't had a piece of meat since 2006.
0: That's the craziest story perhaps ever told on take the points. <laughs> a lot of information to unpack. Yeah. I was gonna, I mean, I was going to make a joke. I don't want to make light of it, but it is a football. I used show. to like the
1: five for five personally, but yeah, me you know, too. it's just a different, Yeah, you know, it's a pretty good deal.
0: All right. So, so the equivalent of UCLA getting food poisoning and going vegan would be hiring Dave Thompson-
1: Robinson. Well, it'd be their quarterback, but that's a whole other thing. Well, he's
0: you. He is you in this analogy. Chip Kelly is the Arby's. Dorian Thompson Robinson is you. Comes in with a lot of potential. Leaves injured.
2: <laughs> and then. The, Dorian Thompson the- Robinson is a beef and cheddar from a rest stop in Virginia. You think it's a good. Idea <laughs> until you make, you watch it and then you digest it and you puke your guts out. Cause that's what I, that's what happens when I watch him play.
0: And so where this all leads is UCLA firing chip Kelly on the tarmac, September 26th of 2022 and hiring a defensive coordinator like Dave Aranda as their next coach. That's their, their version of going vegan, right? All defense yes, all the sure. time,
1: but they won't. Yeah. It's like
2: salad and, yeah, salad and go is going to buy that Arby's and convert it over.
0: I have a feeling, Dan, the much in the way I had a premonition that Adazio was coming toward UConn, that UCLA better figure out a way to avoid getting the nard dog. Otherwise, he's like fate is setting him up to be the next
1: coach. It's pretty good. Uh, Okay, we got to pick this game. So it should be UCLA, right? They're playing in California. It's Robinson's last game. UCLA's had a running game this year. It all makes sense. Nope. Don't be fooled. Take NC State. Fade Chip, Fade Robinson, Fade UCLA, they're Paper Tigers. I think NC State's just going to hand the ball off and run up the middle for seven yards every single play. Uh, I don't even know who's on NC State. I don't really care. Um, but give me NC State to pick them. Tom?
0: Yeah, NC State's pretty good. Um, the, there's a cluster of teams that were all pretty much equally at the top of the ACC. There was no great team, but we know Pitt and Wake made the championship game, but I think NC State's pretty much as good as either of those teams. So they're actually decent and UCLA has, um, you know, no motivation doesn't really belong here. So I like NC state as a pretty high confidence pick and it's only minus one right now. So that's a solid bet in my opinion.
1: Very good. Brian. Nope. Nope. Okay. Moving on. UCLA.
2: Uh, I think UCLA wins this game. I'm taking, uh, like you said, it's it's DTR's last game. He's going to have like 500 yards of total offense and like five turnovers, but it's okay. I think they're going to win.
1: All right. Sounds good. Uh, last game of the night to call, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, Chase Field, Phoenix, Arizona. Breaking news, I think I might go to this game. Tickets are like 20 bucks. My girlfriend's been wanting to go to a football game. I'm thinking show up late, leave early is kind of my my play for this one. Um, Yeah, I think I am going to go to this game. Uh, Minnesota minus four, total 45 and a half, 44 and a half. Uh, I'll I'll take this one. West Virginia is awful outside of Morgantown. They're not good ever unless they're playing at home. They're a six and six squad. Their running backs already opted out for the bowl game going to the draft, I guess. Minnesota started terribly and actually finished pretty well at eight and four. Uh, They got Tanner Morgan. They got uh, some other good players, allegedly. Lay the four points with Minnesota. There's a lot of Minnesota people here in the Valley. They'll have some fans will show up. There's a lot of uh, people from Wisconsin, Minnesota, who live in Phoenix. No people live in the state of West Virginia. Therefore, there will be no fans of West Virginia at the bowl game. Give me Minnesota minus four. Tom?
0: How can I go against that? Especially if you're going to be there in person.
2: Thank you. Yeah, Dan made the perfect point. West Virginia can't win a game outside of West Virginia. Um, Their coach is a lame duck. He'll be fired next season. Let's go.
1: All right. Is that it?
0: I think that's it. We've done our special segments. Ryan, do you have anything coach related you'd like to add?
2: No, no, it's, we finally had a couple of days of relative quiet on the coaching front. So we'll see what happens over the weekend. Some craziness will happen. I'm sure of it. Excited for that.
0: All right. Uh, this is part one of the bowl preview. We're going to do three more, so we'll probably be back with a short episode sometime next week, and then we'll be back right before the new year's games, picking those uh, playoff games and others. Um, Dan, anything we should look out for in the next you know, week or two till we meet again? What should yeah, people watch uh, try, for?
1: Yeah, the only thing you should be watching for is not losing all your money gambling. These games are always a disaster. Every single year, I mean, for me anyway, I'm going to try to learn from this. We always do the podcast. I get excited about these early games. I bet these early games. I've used them as high-confidence picks. And it all goes to hell. Even if you like these early games, these are teams that we have not watched on TV. Let's just be honest with ourselves. We've not watched most all these teams play any minutes of football. We can read whatever we want, but we haven't seen it with our own eyes. Wait for the second half of the bowl season to make substantial wagers and picks and confidence. Um, Stay away from Tulsa, Old Dominion, and Wyoming, Kent State, and all that other bullshit. Uh, But tune in because it's college football and you may be entertained and see some nonsense. So have fun with it, but take it easy. These these games are absolutely brutal. We talked about 20 terrible games tonight, just about maybe there was three good ones in there. Uh, And uh, I hope Memphis wins by 50. that's the last thing I'm going to say about that.
0: All right. So we'll see you again with part two of the bowl game. Spectacular. And uh, everybody, be safe out there. It's a tough time for gambling. Lots of uh, potential pitfalls. You got to be careful. So until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Take the Points.